Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Miracles! Because we still believe. Still believe that God can do them. Still believe that God does them. We've been sharing miracles from people in our church every week. But today, I want to share with you one of my favorite miracles in all of the Bible. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Mark chapter 2. If not, it'll be on the screen behind me and you can read along with me. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. <clears throat> a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the words of them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. That's the first sighting of Santa Claus ever right there. A man coming down the chimney verse 5 when Jesus saw their faith he said to the paralyzed man son your sins are forgiven cool 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 what about my legs that's what I'd be thinking now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves why does this fellow talk like that he's blaspheming who can forgive sins but God alone uh exactly that's the point that ain't no fellow that's a God in the form of a fellow right there. That's the creator of heaven and earth, the one true God, the only God right there in the form of a fellow. Of course, he can forgive sins. Verse 8, immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. So he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and take your mat and walk. But so that you know I am who I say I am. Verse 11, I tell you, pointing to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat, and go home. Verse 12, so he got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone. And they praised God, saying what I believe we are all going to say at the end of this service. We have never seen anything like this. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, worship team. Sometimes in order to extricate the principles of the biblical narrative, or said more simply, sometimes to understand what the Bible's saying, you have to put yourself in the position of the people that the Bible is talking about so that you would see just how different you would do it if you were in it. Sometimes the people in the Bible do things, and we're like, oh yeah, that's cool, that's cool, uh -huh. but if you were there, but if that was you... Yeah. What, how would have you responded? How would have you replied? And so in order to really do that today, we're going to try our very best to act this out for you so that we can understand all of the idiosyncrasies and intricacies and details in the story that you can only really see if you see it. So we got some volunteers. So you're going to sit crisscross applesauce. Perfect. All right. Now, Kayla, you can attest that we have not practiced this, right? We have not practiced this. 
Pray for us. <laughs> we need a miracle. <laughs> okay. I don't know what's about to happen since we haven't practiced this before. We're going to try our very best to lift you up. If we cannot, I just want you to know there's no indication on your weight. Don't take that personal. It's just, we just we're weak. So we haven't tried this before. We're going to lift you up. Now listen, in order to insert ourselves within the story, the very first thing we have to do is substitute the weight of this body for the weight of your burden. Okay? Have you ever had to carry the burden of a miracle? Carry the burden of a need? Have you ever had to carry the burden of a child who is acting out in school? Or carry the burden of a diploma you are trying to achieve but you keep falling back on? Or carry the burden of chasing an impossible dream? Or carrying the burden of a relationship that has two people but only feels like one is actually trying? carry the burden of a sick family member. I saw my mom the last two months of my grandmother's life just literally carrying the body of a sick person she loved. Or maybe you have to carry uh, the burden of your own sickness. Whatever it is, that's what you have to imagine is here in the middle of that burden that we're carrying. And so we're going to go ahead and do our very best to lift you, Kayla, as much as we can. All right. Team, you ready? On three, one, Two, three. Put it down, put it down, put it down. It's cardio, it's cardio. It's got, we got weak cardio. All right, one more time. One, two. Put down, put down. It's not you, Kayla, it's us. It's the third service. It's the third time we've done this illustration. All right, listen, in order to keep preaching, we got to get her all the way over there. So on three, we're just going to make a run for it. Oh, great. Kayla, hold on as tight as you can. <laughs> on three. One, two, three. And slowly down. All right. Give it up for our team. Boy, I am so glad we put you down. That was getting heavy, which is the first point I want to make. Carrying heavy things can be exhausting. Carrying the weight of an unfulfilled miracle will exhaust you. Have you ever believed for something so long that it made you tired? I say that to say I have met so many people who because God has not answered their prayer because the weight of the burden of the miracle have become so heavy over such a long time. Listen to me. They've laid their miracle down. I just can't carry it anymore. That's what it would be like if we were in the story. I just can't. And here's what I think we would do if we were in the story. Ready? Because this is probably what I would do and it's probably unfair for me to project what I would do on you but I think we're the same in this sense. Jesus came to town. I'm tired. If he wants to do a miracle, he knows where I live. I think the approach many of us would have taken is a wait and see approach. Let's wait and see what he does. After all, it's a small village. If Jesus knows where I live, he's probably seen the paralyzed man before, walked past the paralyzed man before. If he wants to heal me, let him heal me. And that is the approach so many of us take with our miracles. I'm tired of praying for it. If he wants to do it, let him do it. 
I'm tired of working for it. If he wants to do it, let him do it. I'm exhausted or worse, I'm paralyzed. There's nothing I can do. Um, have you ever been paralyzed by the burden of your miracle? Paralyzed by fear. Paralyzed by anxiety. Paralyzed by worry. Paralyzed by stress. What do you do when you've been carrying that for so long? Carrying that your whole life and you need a miracle but you are out of patience. Out of strength. Out of time. And most importantly, the outcome is out of your control. What do you do? Well, don't wait and see. Do what the four friends did. Don't wait and see. Here's the title of my message. Wait and be. Wait and be. Kayla, you just hang out there. I'm going to come back for you on my second point. Everybody else, stop staring at Kayla. You're going to make her feel awkward. Eyes over here. First thing you got to do is wait, is my first point, wait and be willing. Wait and be willing. Somebody say be willing. Mark chapter 2 verse 1, a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people, that is the four friends, they heard that he had come home, that Jesus was there. Now I need to pause and just reflect on something that I realized in the studying of my Bible and, and Pastor Hector, I think you know the Bible better than I do, so maybe you can correct me on this, but I have never seen one time in the Bible, now I might be wrong, and if I'm wrong, I'm sure somebody in the comment section of the YouTube channel will let me know. <laughs> Uh, we appreciate all of y'all stay-at-home couch theologians. Um, but, uh, it, but anyway, so I don't know if I... I'm not taking shots. I'm just bitter. Uh, and so I don't, know if, I don't know if this is true or not. I don't know if it's true or not, but I have not found in the Bible one time where Jesus showed up at your house unannounced with a miracle. Not one time. It's not like Publishers Clearinghouse. You got to be of a certain age to know what that is. You know what I'm talking about? For all of the youth who have no idea what PCH is, it was this giveaway that they would show up to your house, and it was the same dude that would show up to your house, an old white dude, white hair and glasses, and he would knock on your door, and then he would come, and he would pull out balloons and a million-dollar check, and the person who opened the door was always in their drawers or their PJs, and they were like, oh, my gosh, a million dollars. Okay, Jesus will never just show up to your door with your breakthrough. He's never just going to show up to your door with your spouse. <laughs> you know that, right? Like, you're going to have to get out there. Well, if the Lord really loves me, he's going to bring my spouse, like, 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 through UPS? I don't understand. I mean, it might be the driver, you don't know, but it's not, it's never going to happen. Listen to me. Now, Jesus did many miracles in people's houses, but he never did a miracle to a house he wasn't invited to. But the only reason they could invite him was because he came into the neighborhood. Here's what I want to say. Somebody needs to hear this. Jesus is in the neighborhood. And if you would just meet him in the middle, he will follow you back to your need. Oh, you got you to meet him in, in the middle and then he can do what you cannot do. They were, they were willing to wait because they knew that when they showed up to that person's house, whoever that person's house was, that there would be a line. So they didn't mind waiting. They just weren't going to wait at home. If I got to summarize my sermon in one sentence, this would be it. Just because you can't do nothing about it 
doesn't mean there ain't something you can do about it. Huh? Are you here? Just because you can't do nothing about it doesn't mean there ain't something you can do about it. I remember when I was 18, 19, there was this girl that was so fine. She's still fine. Still good looking. Still takes my brother away. Man, I liked her so bad. The only problem was, as with most pretty girls, you're not the only guy that likes them. A lot of guys like this girl. And uh, one day, there a lot of youth were over my house getting because they came over for a paranda. Now, if you don't know what a paranda is, a paranda is a Puerto Rican tradition where people show up at your house. They show up at your house at midnight. They, they ring the doorbell and they, they have instruments. And they sing Christmas carols in Spanish until you open the door. And if you don't, they just keep playing. One year, in six years, Jason and them tried that at my house one time. I told them, I said, y'all ever try this again? All y'all fire. All y'all. I'm Puerto Rican, but not that Puerto Rican. I, I will call the police, okay? I'll play. I like sleeping. <laughs> Sing them carols somewhere else. All right? But they were all in my house, and my wife was at the table, and, and oh, I spoiled it. And this girl was at the table. <laughs> and uh, they had seven or eight guys around this table. And they all pretended like they just so happened to sit there. But we know. We know. It's probably like that with you and, and, and Fat. It was always just guys always around. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't have your looks, you see? <laughs> or your bulk. And so... So there was, there was six, seven, eight guys around there, and I just kept looking for an opportunity to insert myself into the conversation, but I couldn't, because everybody around that table was so much either better looking than me, wealthier than me, literally in my mom's house that I live at. We, they were funnier than me, you know, just everything they had going for them, older than me, whatever, so I could not find my way into the conversation. But I waited, and I looked for my opportunity. And my opportunity presented itself right before they were about to leave. It's right before they were about to leave, it started to rain. And when it started to rain, I realized that I had something that no other guy in that house, because it was my house, could offer this girl. I went up to this girl, and I said, hey, would you like a rain jacket? She said, yeah. I said, I'll be right back. I went back to my closet, and I took a blue windbreaker rain jacket and I gave it to her I said I, I got I got you I'll put this up on there and then she looked back at me and she said and she said but when will I give it back to you you know what I'm saying that was the plan all along because I knew eventually she had to give it back. And when she gave it back, there'd be no other guys around. And that would be my opportunity to insert myself into the conversation. <laughs> and three years later, <laughs> uh, the, the rain in the house turned into a ring and a spouse. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. 
Let's go. Hey, I didn't just wait and see. I waited and planted a seed. That's my, don't just wait and see. Wait and plant a seed. You know who we got to give props to? The farmer. The farmer plants his seed with no guarantee of a harvest because his harvest is dependent on the rain, which he cannot control. Who controls if it rains? God controls if it rains. But who controls the seed? The farmer controls the seed. And so the farmer, with no guarantee it will rain, sows his seed in faith that if I do what I do, God will do what God does. You have to be willing to sow something into the soil of your situation or you will not bear fruit. And it can be small. It don't got to be big. Right, you, you waiting for your job to turn into a career? That's awesome, but don't just wait and see if your boss will notice you. You got to do something while you wait. Go back to school. Get a continuing education. Work a little harder. Stay a little earlier. Stay a little later, but don't let it interrupt with your family time. Do what you can on your part. It might be little, but they'll see it. You got to do what you can do. You waiting for your school debt? You want to get your school debt down? Listen, don't just wait and see if Papa Biden is going to come in and cancel your whole debt. I hope he does. Amen. It's a bigger legacy offering if he does. I, I hope he cancels. I pray for you that he does. But in the meantime of wait and see, why don't you wait and be willing to have a budget? What if you just said, listen, as long as I have a school debt, I'm not going to buy Starbucks. Well, but that coffee, but pastor, pastor, that coffee only costs $6. I'm not going to pay down a $50,000 school loan debt with a $6 coffee. Maybe not, but it's not about paying it down. It's about showing the little $6 coffee cup. It's a seed. If you sow it and you show God, God, I know it's not a big thing, but I believe that if I do what only I can do, you will do what only you can do. It's not Starbucks. It's a seed. It's a seed. There's nothing more torturous than waiting to get pregnant. If you're in that boat today, I feel you. I've been there. It's not easy. It is hard. But don't just wait and see if you'll get pregnant. Wait and be willing to go visit the infertility doctor. I got friends that won't do that when I talk with them because they tell me, I'm just afraid of what the doctor will tell me when I get there. What if they tell me that there's something wrong in my body and I can't have kids? Well, listen, a part of the miracle is being willing to be disappointed. Because even disappointment requires faith. Even more so. But you got to be willing. If you're praying for a miracle, don't just wait and see. Wait and pray. Wait and believe. The miracle is going to happen in the middle. Stop saying if it's God's will, if it's God's will, if it's God's will. I do that. I say that. But we can't just stop it there. Amen. If it's God's will. But I think sometimes God's in heaven thinking, yeah, but if you will. If you will. If you will. If you, if you will do this, I will do that. If you will. If you will. We can't just wait. I believe that miracles happen at the intersection of God's will and man's willingness. Won't have one without the other. We need both. We have to meet. Got to be willing. Wait and be willing. We also got to wait and be bold. I'm coming for you soon, Caleb. We haven't forgotten about you. Wait and be bold. Somebody say be bold. Mark chapter 2, they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. Verse 4, so since they couldn't get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof. Sometimes when you can't find the door, you make a door. Yeah. 
you make a door. I've always been the young leader in the room, although as I'm getting older and we're hiring more and more younger people, this is ceasing to be the truth. Um, and I've always been, as far as I can tell, uh, Latino. <laughs> and those two things have not always served me well in my ministry career. I've always had the same calling, I've always had the same gifting, I've always had the same anointing, but for whatever reason, doors didn't open for me. And I think it has something to do with the former, former two. Until one day, I got a phone call from the Assemblies of God here in Florida, which is a denomination, a collection of churches. There was a job opening for district youth director. And that means it was a position that oversaw all of the church's youth ministries in the whole state and three other states. It's like over 200, 250 churches. And they called me. And it's funny why they called me. Because in order to have the job, you had to have three qualifications. One, you had to be in youth ministry. Well, there were hundreds of young ministers like myself in youth ministry, hundreds. But you also had to be ordained. I was 22 when they called me. But I had the audacity to get ordained at 18. The boldness. They, they told me when I got ordained at 18 that it made no sense to do that. It wasn't like you were going to get any jobs, do something more fun. And I was just like, I just feel like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. The secular, so, so that cut it down from hundreds to about 50. There was only about 50 of us that were in youth ministry and ordained. The second thing was you had to have a master's degree in ministry. Well, I had the audacity to pursue a master's degree in ministry at 22. So the list went from 50 to one. I never applied for the job. I was the only one who qualified. I didn't find the door. I didn't go looking for the door. I made the door with God's help. When we wanted to start Journey Church, I met with a pastor who's the pastor of a big church here in Orlando who loves me and tried to encourage me when we started the church. And he said, well, where's he going to launch? I said, we're going to launch at Winter Park. And he said, well, what's the vision? I, you know, he told me out that. He said, Winter Park. I said, yeah. He said, you sure you don't want to go somewhere like Kissimmee? I said, oh, snap. Did you just, what? He said, he said, yeah, man. He goes, the thing is, he goes, I, I just, I've never seen it. I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying I've never seen it. I've never seen, this was his words, I've never seen white people go to a church led by a Spanish person. I've seen Spanish people and black people go to churches led by white people, but I've never seen the opposite. I said, okay. Appreciate the pep talk. So, so Liz and I started to comb the country for churches that were diverse and multi-ethnic led by minorities, particularly a Hispanic person. We could not find one. And so we, since we couldn't find the door, six years later, look around. We couldn't find the door. We made a door. Now we'll have 20, 30 different Hispanic ministers, male and female from all over the country who call, who fly down here to visit just so they can see a door that they can walk through now in their own city and their own community. We don't find the door. You made a door. I think of people like Jaylene and I think of people like Gio and I think of people like Pastor Medi. These people never applied for the job. You know what they did? They showed up early. They helped clean. They stayed late. They preached their heart out whenever they could. They didn't wait for a door to open. They made a door with their faithfulness and their consistency and their commitment. And listen, it's, I'm not, there's no job offers after this. It's not about, listen, it's not about, 
It's not about getting a position. It's about getting in position. Boldness gets you in position for God to do what only God can do. But you gotta be bold. So let's, let's talk about this boldness. Mark chapter two, coming back to you now, Kayla. Mark chapter two, verse four through five. They made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. So we're gonna have to try this out. Come on, team. They said that they lowered the man in the mat. So what we're gonna try and do, Kayla, is we're gonna try and, we're gonna walk you over to the edge and then we're gonna try and lower you. All right. On three. <laughs> One, two, three. Down, 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 down. One, two, three. Down, 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 down. Shh. Okay. Trajectory. The angle. Uh, she's pretty tiny. I think we can put right in between there. All right. On three. Y'all ready? One, two, three. Bring it back, bring it back. Kayla, we're not going to do it. You know why we're not going to do it? Because we don't have the insurance (laughs) to cover you or us for liability should you fall, which is my point. Listen to me. You know it's a bold step when there's danger involved. When there's risk involved, here's how you know you're, you're taking the step of faith. This, this is going to be probably one of the most practical things I say all day. It's scary. When it's scary, I think you're headed in the right direction. But there's something else a step of faith does. It doesn't just scare you. Are you ready? Put verse 5 back on the screen. Mark 2, 5. And when Jesus saw their faith, are you ready? Boldness doesn't just scare you, it gets God's attention. They cut the hole, and then when Jesus stopped what he was doing and saw their faith, it's a theological contradiction because God sees all of us. In fact, one of his names is the God who sees. He always sees us. Yet within that truth, there is another truth that even though he sees us, there are moments in life when we do things, even though he sees us, that gets his attention. I don't know how to explain. I guess the best way to explain it is to share some more Bible stories of it happening. Like one time there was Peter who was in the boat and with the disciples and the storm was happening and the boat was rocking. And then Jesus was doing Jesus things. Jesus was walking on the water while the boat was rocking. And the Bible says two things about Jesus's mindset that we can pull in. Number one, it says that he saw them. He saw them struggling to row. And it says that he intended to pass them by. (laughs) Huh. He saw them and he intended to pass them by until some crazy dude named Peter looked out over the edge and said, hey, I think, I think that might be Jesus. I'm going to go check. <laughs> hey, Jesus. Is that you? Hey, if it's you, I want to walk on water too. <laughs> and then Jesus, who was about to pass him by, said, huh? 
you said one now? You want to do one now? That's crazy. Go ahead. <laughs> On three. Ready? One, two, three. Go. He saw him, but the boldness of Peter arrested his attention. I think about blind Bartimaeus. In the Bible, the Bible says he was a blind man. Hence the name. <laughs> he could not see Jesus, but he heard Jesus was in the neighborhood. So he told himself, if I can just get to Jesus. He started to run after the Savior, shouting, son of David, son of David, have mercy on me. And the people laughed at him and kicked him down and told him, be quiet, stop making noise. But he didn't care. He was going to be bold. He was willing to risk embarrassment. He was willing to risk rejection. He was willing to risk his life. Hey, have you ever seen a blind man run? <laughs> Better move out the way. You can't see where you're going and you're going to run? And then Jesus, who intended to walk past Bartimaeus, walks back, here, son of David, have mercy. He goes, what? You want what now? Bam. Bonus catches God's attention. I wrote it like this. I can't control what he will do with my faith, but I got to at least be sure he sees my faith. Oh no, I gotta put myself in a position. I gotta do something to be sure. I don't know if I'll do the healing. I don't know if I'll do the breakthrough. But I will, if I'm a drown, I'm a drown trying to walk all water. I'm gonna get his attention. He gonna see me. He gonna see me. I'm gonna say what I gotta say. Do what I gotta do. He gonna see my faith. I'm encouraging church. You gotta be bold sometimes. You gotta believe bold things. It's okay to believe that you're gonna have a great day at work today. I'm all for the little miracles. We did a whole sermon on that last Sunday. But the next time you go to work, don't just believe it's going to be a good day. Believe that one day you'll own the company. Why not? Be bold. Be bold. Leave your family with boldness. Get everybody together. I know one's got wrestling. The other one's got baseball. The other one's in art. Hey, listen, I know y'all got a lot going on, but we're going to church together on Sundays. We're going to have breakfast together as a family. We're going to pray with each other before we go to sleep. Why? I know you don't like it. I'm going to be bold. We're going to lead. You need friendships? You got to be bold. Put yourself in a, in a friendship environment. I needed friends this year. You know what I did? It was real awkward. I called up guys that I admired. I said, hey, will you be my friend? <laughs> I legit did that. That was not an exaggeration. I just had to put myself in a position for God to do what only God can do. And do it. If not for you, do it for the people who are counting on you for the lives that you're connected to. Because it's not just a life, Kayla, it's a legacy. It's a legacy. What God does in your life is connected to so many other people. Which is what I like about Mark 2.5. When Jesus saw their faith. Whose faith? The men. The friends. He said to the paralyzed man, well, what about my miracle? Do you think that any one of those four people, you think all their lives were perfect? You don't think any one of those four people had needs of their own? Had financial needs of their own? Growing up in the Middle East? You think their lives were fine? You don't think they had any sick family members? You don't think they had requests? They, put all, they were willing to wait. They were willing to wait for what they needed. They weren't just waiting and being willing, waiting and being bold. Here's my last, my last point. They waited, wait and be a miracle. And they were so happy when this guy got up and walked. Mark 2, 12. This amazed everyone and they praised God. They weren't like, what about us? 
Can we at least get the sin thing that you did for him? Can you do that for us? No, man. They lift up their hand and they praise God. Even though they had needs. Their praise, catch this. Their praise teaches us something. Their praise teaches us. Their praise, their praise is the proof that the prescription for our pain is purpose. That even though I'm hurting and even though I have my own needs, I'm not just going to wait for God to meet my needs. While I'm waiting on God to meet my needs, I'm going to help meet the needs of other people. Don't just wait and see. Wait and be. Wait and be. Wait and be. Wait and be. And something happens as you wait and be. God starts to work in you. God starts to work in you. And so I'm going to give you all that. I'm going to give you all the gift of purpose today. Because I know everyone in this room, if not all of us, the majority of us are going to participate in suffering. I'm going to help you out. Kaylee, you were not just selected at random for this illustration. I know it seems that way, but we actually chose you for a reason. You've been coming to this location since we opened Fern Park, so about a year and a half now. Is that right? You even helped tile the front of the church. Let's go. You serve on the safety team. I know, because you be protecting me sometimes when I come out of my green room. You got my back. You're a single mom, daughter, and Natalia. I love that name. How old is she? Four. What a great age. I hear you're getting your master's degree in social work. Double major with military certification. Let's go. And from what we've been hearing, I've been hearing, in the middle of your struggles, you've also been helping other people in, in needs. What struggles? I hope you don't mind me sharing, but I heard you were laid off in September. It's December now, and for the last three months, you've been living off of your savings and been selling toys and returning stuff that you don't need just so you can pay the rent, and you're not sure how you're going to pay the rent. Well, I want you to know that we're covering the $2,000 of your rent for the next month. Your home's going to need electricity, so we're going to cover the entire utility bill as well. And then Anatalia needs Christmas presents. So we also got a $250 gift card for Target. You stand up. To buy her Christmas presents. And also, while you make it on the way to school and daycare, we have a $100 gas card for you to drive to and from daycare. And when you finally start serving as a social worker, you're going to make good money. You're going to be helping people. We also want to pay for you to attend Financial Peace University so you can learn how to budget that money. Be generous, all of those things. We love you so much, Kayla. Thank you for everything you do for our church. You're special and Natalia is special. God is with you. Give it up for Kayla one more time. Thanks so much. If you've ever been on the receiving end of something like that, when your entire family is, you know, we love you so much. We had a video that we're going to show, but we're super over time, so I'm going to skip that. And I want to tell you one more thing. I say that every year we're trying to raise the money, but every year I just end up giving it before we raise it. And so I want you to know that this will be headed to University High School today, whether we raise it or not, somehow it's going to happen. $70,000 is going out. We're already giving it. To University High School, Legacy Sunday, the entire theater is going to be renovated. 
Pastor Liz, will you come on up here, please? Hey, Kayla, I left this one out. I'm sorry. This is also yours. We love you. Um, go ahead and take a seat. And take a seat. We're going to close here. Will you do me a favor in front of you? In front of you or underneath you? There are two documents. One has a picture of five lanes on it. It's called the commitment card. And the other is the faith card. I want you to grab both out. And do me this favor. If you don't have one, just raise your hand. We'll get it to you. Just raise your hand. Even if you're not going to fill it out today, that's okay. Just entertain me. Would you just hold it? Just hold it in your hand while I speak about it. And you can follow along with us and then do however, make whatever decision God leads you to make. But just hold it and take a look at it. A couple things. First off, you see the five legacy lanes, local, national, global, next-gen expansion. This is a big project and we can't do this by ourselves. Can I just refer to that illustration again? I could not have moved Kayla by myself. Huh? It took four people, each grabbing a corner of that, to make that move. If we're going to do anything significant for God, it's going to take a team. It's going to take a church. It's going to take each one of us grabbing a corner. And listen, we won't just move bodies. If we do that, we'll move mountains. We'll move mountains. But we got to do it together. On On the other side here, we have a shot of it on the screen. There's a place for you to write your name. And let us know how you're going to participate. We're asking for one of two things. We're asking that if you're not a tither yet, that is that you don't give God the first 10% of your income every month like so many of us do already. My wife and I are 20% tithers. That's not a brag, a humble brag. That's like we lead the way in generosity. We love to give. We've seen God's hand on giving in an amazing way. Then you can begin doing that. And we made the math real simple for you. You put in your monthly income. You can do the math over there times 12. That's pretty much your gift in a year. You can start that today, tomorrow, next month. Or if you're already tithing, we ask that you consider giving a one-time offering, something above and beyond the tithe, right here in this offering today. That's what this, this card is for here. Now, next to that card is a, I have faith that it says I still believe God does miracles. Here's what we want you to do. We want you to write in that box the burden that you've been carrying the miracle that you're asking God to do write that in that box then you're going to take both you're going to fold them and you're going to put them in this box right here okay and right before you drop it in do me one last favor do a little 10-15 second prayer right before you drop it in right before you drop it in God, I believe you're going to move. God, I believe this is not just some, a financial act or a giving act. I believe this is an act of faith. Now, let me just say this really quickly. Well, does that mean, Pastor, we're, we're paying for a miracle? We're paying. No, the furthest thing from it. In fact, Mark chapter 5, verse 6 says this. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. I love how Jesus, babe, shifted their attention from the miracle that they came asking for to the miracle he was about to do on the cross for them. In other words, God's saying, you're not giving this for something. You're giving this because of what I've already done in your life. Let me ask everybody who's about to put in their miracle. This is what God's saying to you. At the same time, you're taking that step of faith. He's saying, and if you don't get it, will what I did on the cross be enough? Will salvation have been enough for you and for me? Would it have been enough if you don't get it? I think the answer is yes. Let me say it another way. This isn't give to get. This is get to give. 
what you've done in my life and my marriage and my home and my walk with you and I've got my kids sitting in on this service because I wanted them to see that I wanted them to see how many people God has impacted and marked and absolutely changed their lives I want them to see what God can do in someone's life which is evident by generosity and if by the way if you're in this room thinking I want that relationship with Jesus well we still got time for that too every head by every eye closed if you're in this room today you don't have that kind of relationship with Jesus you want him though you want a relationship you want to start walking with him freshly and you want to give this Jesus thing a try lay down your life and not give a financial offering but hear me make your life an offering then this is your opportunity when I say three I want you to raise your right hand Jesus I need you all over the building on three one two three raise your right hand right now Jesus I need you I want to see that hand in the corner I see the five hands up here in the middle I see the three hands over here in the back and the side I see more hands over there in the middle pray this prayer with me whether you raised your hand or not would you say out loud with boldness God I need a miracle we hope you've enjoyed this message and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life please email us at amen at journeyorl.com and if you would like to support financially you can give online at journeyorl.com give if you're in the area join us on Sunday for the full experience have a blessed week